Welcome to the Forge. Hello, hello. Hello. Hello and welcome to the Forge. Uh, I'm Wilson. And I'm Ken. And today what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about the Modern Horizons 2 set upcoming. Dun, dun, dun. I feel like there should be a Jaws sound in the background. You know the reason for that, though, is because the sharks known as wizards are coming for your pocketbook. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Sir, you should uh, work on your dad jokes. If you become a father like me, you realize that you get this inherited power that comes down like Highlander. Mmm. I, uh, I think I'll stay with the ones that are bad. <laughs> so that way, when I become a dad, they become even worse. They're a terrible human being. Go on. Uh, well, you know, I have to have a soul to be human. So, you know... <laughs> but sir, you're ginger. Yeah, exactly. I don't have a soul. <laughs> I only steal them. You only steal them at night. Yeah, I have a pocketbook and I just put them all in there. Should I call you Bruce so you match the shark theme that you were doing? Oh, yeah. Okay. Continue. <laughs> so today on Modern Horizons 2, uh, we are going to talk about some of the legendary creatures or thoughts. Uh, only half the set has been spoiled so far. Uh, it's... The end of uh, May, right? March? It's the end of May. May. My brain went somewhere. It's the end of May. Uh, we're going to just talk about, real quick, some cards we want to talk about, legendary creatures, and uh, whether we're going to build them or not, how we feel they're going to affect the EDH metagame in our area, maybe the EDH metagame overall, and just kind of our overall opinions on Modern Horizons 2 so far. So uh, our, our first card is uh, Karth the Lion. Um, he is two black-green, uh, a human warrior. Whenever Karth the Lion enters the battlefield or, or a planeswalker you control dies, look at the top seven cards of your library. You, you may reveal a planeswalker card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Golgari then, planeswalkers. And then his next effect... His Planeswalker loyalty abilities you activate cost an additional plus one to activate. So negative ones are zeros, and uh, plus ones are now plus twos, and plus twos are now plus threes. Uh, <laughs> uh. I think, actually, I really would enjoy playing this commander as a Planeswalker uh, officiato as myself. Um, but I don't really have any Planeswalker decks right now because I've just noticed that they... They acquire a lot of hate, so you either have to choose a Planeswalker deck that's going to be powerful enough to take over the whole game, or you have to choose a Planeswalker deck that isn't as powerful so you can play the game. Right. Otherwise, you have players like me who decide to smash, and I just want to trample. Oh, wait, there's a card in Modern Horizons that allows me to trample over Planeswalkers? Oh. <laughs> Even better. It's also a legendary creature. Oh, spoilers. Um, so, in our metagame, if... I were to make this, I think I would uh, really make it Garuk theme because of the green and black. But I already kind of have a Planeswalker esque death deck uh, with Warrenplex. Um and he's not really—that's not the main theme of the deck. But it's enough of a theme that I don't want to invest too many Planeswalker cards into another yeah. deck. I mean, double dipping into a similar field is kind of difficult, especially when you're talking about that play space. Try and double dip into something like Simic or even just a creature-based strategy is fine, especially because most of those creatures are useful in just broad term. 
but in Planeswalkers, there's so many synergies that you should be focusing on that is in a direct line that doesn't make sense to have two. Unless you are just super hard on for them. Yeah, I think if I didn't have my Vorinclex deck, I would 100% build this deck. Uh, but my Vorinclex deck isn't... Uh, the Planeswalker thing is there, but it's mainly a plus one, plus one counter deck. But there is enough Planeswalkers in the deck for it to be... Uh, considered a planeswalker theme like i think there's eight or something like that which is like just enough to be considered and since those eight planeswalkers are probably the eight best mono green planeswalkers they would have to go into this deck which means i would have to get eight more copies of those planeswalkers yeah makes sense so i think i'm going to pass on this uh but i think it would be a fun deck to play against overall because it doesn't seem like his ability is overly oppressive the loyalty ability increase is nice, but with the black and green Planeswalkers that do exist, I don't think that it's going to have the control effects that most Planeswalker decks do on the game. So, establishing that it's probably not your choice for making a commander and it's not getting your hopes up as something you want to build in the 99. Yeah. What about that? In the 99, if I were to play a deck, a Planeswalker deck, that had... Uh, it depended on the m amount of colors. So... If it was three or four color, I'd probably play him. If it's five color, I 100% not. And the reason for that is you need to be fast as a five color Planeswalker deck. Mm -hmm. And you need everything low to the ground as much as you can. And that include, and that means you have the best draw, the best removal, the best of every color combination. As most efficient as you possibly can is yeah. what you're going for. I understand that. Yeah. If I were to play him, I would I would play him over pretty much most of the Oaths. Because really? uh, a lot of like the Mono Red Oath doesn't do much. The mono white, the mono red one does. I think it's two damage to each opponent. Sure. So, in same space, probably not this, not a good topic. But you would say this would be ran in maybe slower decks or in five color if you didn't run the oaths or if it was less than five colors. Correct. Yeah. The yeah. Other than the two main oaths, which are uh, oath of Teferi. There's oath of Teferi, oath of Nissa, and then maybe oath of Kaya if you want to gain the two life. But and they lose two life, but I would skip Oath of Kaya and play this instead. Okay. So um, what's next? Uh, our next commander to talk about that's been spoiled is Yusuri Fortune's Flame. Um, if you were here last week on uh, this uh, listener to our podcast, you would know that he's planning on making a two color blue red uh, flip coins deck, and mm. this kind of fits that theme. Yes, it is one blue red flying. Whenever uh, Yusuri Fortune Flames attacks, choose a number between 1 and 5. Flip that many coins. For each flip you win, draw a card. For each flip you lose, it deals 2 damage to you. If you won 5 flips this way, you may cast spells from your hand this turn without paying their mana costs. Super good. It got It's it's making me debate if I should just make this. Um, well, Omniscience, when you win flip 5 flips and you make your deck about winning flips... Or, re or being able to reflip to win those five flips. Mm -hmm. Ugh. Oh, man. Yep. Yeah. This and Crux Thumb. Mm. So, so good. And now I'm really sad that I didn't buy a Crux Thumb before I had my idea. Because now it's going up as well. Oh, yep. I, I can see that. The, I think this has a fun play pattern behind it. Because flipping decks have always been fun to play. Um, the blue-red partners are probably the only blue-red deck, other than the Sakashima and Krom, that I can think of 
that deals with flips that aren't as fun to play, and that's because they're what super blue red strong. partners are you thinking of? Uh, the blue red partners from Battlebond, which are which partners with Zinder Split. I went to Wisdom. He is a three three for five. At the beginning of combat at your turn, flip a coin until you lose a flip. Whenever a player wins a coin flip, double his power and toughness until end of turn. So are you saying you can do that up to five six times? Well, uh, what I'm saying is, uh, it says until you lose a flip. And the other one says, whenever you play or wins a flip, draw a card. So these so, might be your, move, your commanders instead, because uh, one so of them deals like, becomes super big, and the other one lets you draw cards. Now, how dare I even think about drawing cards? Yeah, I mean, you are our local Simic player, so I understand if you uh, want to draw cards and nothing else. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, this does get my hypes up. I am so excited because I've wanted to do another coin flip, almost chaos style strategy for a long time. And seeing a card like this, I've already thought about the Battle Bond guys before, but this just makes me even more excited. Having the omniscience possibility, super good. And I, I like the chaos aspect of it because it's yeah. like you win, when you win the flip, you still draw a card. Yeah. When you lose the flip, you take two damage. But when you win five flips, you draw five cards and get cast them for free. Super good. Like, what else can I say except if you get there just because it's all on chance and you don't do all the replacement flips or rolling dice, however you want to consider it, it's just good value. I'm just thinking of this deck, or this uh, this deck needs to Fairy's Ageless Insight. And if you want to grab that card, it is for foil copy of that card. It is $2. Right. Um, and uh, It says whenever you draw a card, except for the first one you would draw in your draw step. Draw two. Draw two instead. You know what's really good with this? Sylvan Library. Draw six cards. Now, why are you mentioning a Simic combination? Uh, because I know that you had the cogs moving in your head already <laughs> so i saw it in your face and i just assumed that you were thinking the same thing maybe <laughs> all right our next commit our next legendary Da-da. is uh zazbaz all right the glimmer wasp he is try a- saying that five times fast uh nope i will not <laughs> it's one colorless uh legendary artifact creature insect modular one if a modular triggered ability would would put one or more plus one plus one counters on a creature you control, that many plus one are, are put on stead, and then it's red, destroy target artifact you control, white, it gains flying until end of turn, and it's a zero zero. Modular Boros. Yep. Oh man, that seems like such an interesting play pattern. Like, you can create... All these little interactions with things like Steel Overseer and the other plus one counter artifact synergies, but just the fact that it also has that ability on body seems super fun. Now, also, you can make it... This is the most like uh, Voltron commander without being Voltron I've ever seen, because most modular cards, when you just... Well, all modular cards, when you destroy them, you can move the counters. So basically what's happening is you're playing all the modular cards and you're playing all your creatures and then you attack with it and then you're like, hmm, you know what? I want this modular creature to do 15 damage to you because you didn't block it. Or you know what? I want to do 21 damage to you because my commander. 
You mean I can KCI it, then keep up Boros in order to move things around? Mm-hmm. Seems okay. Se- seems like it's a fun, derpy commander. And I think just just the art alone is enough for me to like people who play this commander, <laughs> which I know is dumb, but like it is 100% like funny to look at. And I can't... I just... Giant insect that keeps growing. Right. Is a, is a great commander field. Let's <laughs> see. Our next commander is as followed. Asmaran Omar D. Kadiai Stina Koldakar. God bless you. <laughs> uh, can you repeat that, sir? I think you mispronounced. Oh, it's uh, Asmaran... <laughs> We're we're gonna call this. Uh, mm, what 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 should, what should we call this? Uh, you can call it A. A Asmo. Asmo. As a. Oh wait, what's a? We should call this Asma. <laughs> yeah, because that's breath. that's what's gonna happen when you try to pronounce this freaking name. <laughs> You're gonna have asthma. <laughs> we're we're not that out of shape, there, bud. <laughs> if you're out of breath, see speaking this and trying to pronounce it one i'm sorry two thank you you created some sort of joy for somebody else no the, <laughs> it's just my dyslexia it's really hard to read so the words keep the letters keep moving while i'm trying to read it <laughs> don't make fun of me <laughs> it's a legendary creature human wizard uh as long as you discarded a card this turn you may pay black red to cast a spell because it doesn't have a mana cost. When it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a card named the Underworld Cookbook, reveal it, put it into your hand, and then shuffle. And it says, sacrifice two foods, target creature, deals six damage to itself, and it is a 3-3. Three, three. Nice. And the Underworld Cookbook is a one-mana artifact that says, tap, discard a card, create a food token, four, tap, sacrifice it, return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. Nice. Like, you... You're able to go get the cookbook to be able to supply your ability to discard, to create it, and create food. Nice. It seems like it's going to be interesting, and there's going to be those people that love to do Rakdos shenanigans, and I think this is something that's right up in their wheelhouse, especially for the Madness-type players who really enjoyed, like, the... What is it? Henri or Anya? The Madness... Uh, damn it edit <laughs> what is the falcon wrath that taps discard a card draw a card that was the madness commander that was one black and red oh you mean grandma anja 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 anya anya i think let's see Falconers. i think it was anya falcon wrath she has haste one black red yeah i know who you're talking about yeah i just want to yeah on anya or anya falcon wrath yeah haste discard a card draw a card so for the people who are the Anya Falconrath players and they have the ability to go take their Madness deck, put it into a build like this, and have even more fun play space, fantastic. I think that's awesome. I think this is a modern card that is just quirky and not a EDH card because they're. I don't think there's enough food synergies. They, they're right. trying though. They made some food synergies from the last set and the commander set, um, except for that was in green black, not red black. 
Right. So, unfortunately, that doesn't fit that theme as much. I still want people to make this deck, or at least in our local group, to make this and the green-black one so we can have Food Wars just on a table. Just less Bukaki Shrimp. I'm just thinking of... Uh, or more Bukaki our, Shrimp. All the food uh, decks fit in the Corvold colors, so you might as well <laughs> just make that Corvold. Fat <laughs> <Bat> Jack Corvold! <laughs> Come on down to eat all your food. His name's Corvold. Cat Scratch Beaver. Yes, I I like it. So, the next one that's on this list is Lunus Cryptozoologist. How did I somehow get the Simic one? You wonder. I I don't wonder at all. I understand how (laughs) these things work. Green Blue for a legendary creature, Snake Elf Scout. I'm curious if the scout part is going to be relevant because I can't remember what <laughs> else I want to say about this. <laughs> He's just looking at me like, stop. Stop you. Let me ignore the first two relevant creature types and then focus on the one that's not relevant. I want it to be a scout. I'm going to make a scout deck real quick. Do uh, you know what cards those are? No, you don't because they're all common. Girl scout <laughs> deck. <laughs> okay, continue on. Lunis, Cryptozoologist, Green Blue, Legendary Creature, Snake Elf Scout. Whenever another non-token creature enters the battlefield under you tr- your control, investigate. Investigate is where you get to create clues, sack them, draw a card. Right? Mm-hmm. Tap, sacrifice X clues, target opponent reveals the top X cards of their library. You may put a non-land permanent card with the mana value X or less from among them onto the battlefield under your control. That player puts the rest on bottom of their library in, run- in a random order. One, two. Not only can I make Blue's Clues references all day long playing Simic, drawing cards, and taking your best spells, but I'm going to do it with my Scout deck. And I'm being glared out so hard (laughs) that I feel them laser beaming through my forehead. I feel like this is just going to be a Simic clone deck, and you just play other people's stuff with the clues, and then you use the clones to copy their stuff, so you have permanent versions of their stuff. But I get to make Blue's Clues references. <laughs> With the clue tokens that are Blue Clues bottles. I'm so excited. You're so excited for another Simic deck. I'm not surprised. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. Uh, Any thoughts? Uh, my only thoughts on this deck is I feel like it's just going to be not that very powerful as an EDH commander, but it's going to be a fun one. And it's going to have a bunch of clones in it. And it's going to have Tanio's Journal, so you can sacrifice three clues to tutor for anything. And it's going to have a couple of the other clue effects, like Tyler's Tracker. But overall, what it's going to do is just put a bunch of creatures into play that Simic does very well. Right. And then play other people's best stuff. So not only does that happen, but since clues are artifacts and I can create token copies... Being able to second harvest, create multiple clues, sack them, and get your best thing for four mana if I second harvest seems super good. In the already Simic shell that I love to play. So, outside of that, the next one I'd like to talk about is General Ferris Rockrick. One red white for a legendary creature. I believe he is a human soldier. Hexproof or monocolored. Whenever you cast a multicolored spell, create a 4-4 red and white golem token. So, 
Hey, Feather Redeem players. I heard you like to do stuff. I want to do something cooler. I'm going to create 4-4 four, four golems. Um, I'm just I'm just thinking of this deck as, like... It's a really nice uh, change of pace for Boros. It doesn't have... It, it's not as combat-focused. Like, it's obviously got a combat theme in mind. Right. Because, like, you're making golems. But, like, you can make a synergy golem deck if you really want to. Yeah. You can play that 5-mana... Uh, artifact that makes three golems and every time you target a golem you make a copy of that for each other golem so you can pump mm -hmm. them all up mmm team or battle rage on all my golems seems good uh, yeah. yeah 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 when I saw this card that's my immediate thought I was like I can make a golem synergy deck when I cast my spells that are normally going to target to destroy yours in multicolor for red white I get golem seems good yeah the, the card seems really great it also has a different like it's a attack wise strategy kind of like heroic was when in theros mm -hmm. but i feel that it's it might have similar themes to previous boros commanders but it's not the exact same thing right like feather redeem i think is miles above it yeah like is way higher but creating this and putting it into a pot of 5 and 6 and going, hey, I'm not going to do an Oscar deck. Instead, I'm going to make some 4-4 four, four golems and I'm just going to try to trample over you. Seems funny. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to play Team or Battle Rage. And I'm going to play this so that all my golems get uh, double their power. So they're all 8-8 eight, eight, double striking uh, trampling golems. Don't act like you know me. <laughs> You don't know me. Uh, the next card I think we should talk about is... Uh, it isn't a legendary creature. It is Void Mirror. Mm. Two colorless. Whenever a player casts a spell, if no color mana was spent to cast it, counter that spell. My Kozilek deck is <laughs> terrified right now. Mm, it would be such a shame. It would be such a shame if you put a two mana artifact that stops me. Just uh, stops me. I think this is uh, a modern card for sure, and one hundred percent. The I don't think anyone's really going to play this in EDH unless they really don't like a uh, certain colorless deck. But if you're playing mono green, or if you're playing a green variant, you might want to play this just so you can stop your opponents from ramping. Not only that, but it stops CDH decks too. I mean, it's going oh, to yeah. be seen in some CDH play, obviously. But whenever you're able to stop somebody's force of negation, force of will, just by having a two-minute artifact that you can also ramp if you're playing blue with like uh, one of those tribute mages, those style of mages that just go and find it. Yeah, Orvar is looking forward to this card. Mm. I don't like this. I don't like this at all. <laughs> you don't like this, but you know exactly where it's going. Uh, for our next card, uh, Garth One-Eye. What's your opinion on that? All I get is memes of Party Iron Garth. I guess that's the way. <laughs> uh, so for him, it's Wooburg. Uh, legendary creature, human wizard, 5-5 five, five for 5. Uh, tap, choose a card that name that hasn't been chosen among disenchants. Brain Geyser, Terror, Shivan Dragon, Regrowth, and Black Lotus. Create a copy of that card. The chosen name, you may cast the copy. You still pay the cost. Sir, sir, what did you just say for the last one? 
Oh, I, uh, I said you may cast a copy. The last card that you can cast. Oh, create a copy of that card with the chosen name. You son of a... <laughs> oh, do you mean the Black Motus? Oh, you Black Oh, God. Have you ever had a Black Lotus just lying around and you wanted to use it as a token in EDH? Well, today, Garth One-Eye will let you use that. Do you have artwork painting hanging in your house of Black Lotus? Because not only is it the most memorable magic card, but it's one that has caught your eye for years. You're in luck. Have you ever wanted to cast Shiv and Dragon multiple times in the EDH game? Yes! <laughs> and I don't care if that's on the mic. <laughs> Was Disenchant your favorite white card? Well, guess what? Stop. <laughs> you can also cast Brain Geyser. <laughs> it's, so, it's so weird and unique at the same time. Like, I love the idea that you have to still cast. It's not free. I just, I just have one word. Harvest Season. Doubling season. Doubling season? No, I, I'm thinking of a uh, repeatable bounce effect so you can make infinite black lotuses and just keep on bouncing him to reoccur it. Or you, or you mean blink him? Blink him, that's no. what I mean. I'm just thinking that black lotus isn't legendary and you can make multiple copies of it. Stop. Anointed procession. Oh, two copies. Oh, gosh. Ephemerate, tap it. Two more copies. Mm. <laughs> sir, sir. I can only get so erect. <laughs> <laughs> I think... So... This guy, along with a bunch of these other uh, characters that are showing in this uh, Modern Horizon 2 set are actually from the Dakin Blackbade uh, storyline. And I'm actually really excited because they are going back... That's why I was super excited about Modern Horizons 1 is they had Urza, finally. Right. And they finally had uh, Yagmoth. And I was like... Yes, they're going back, you know, the old books. If you read the old books, you know the storyline a little bit. It's it's weird. Some some of the books are really bad. But overall, I love Excuse those me, books. Excuse me, sir. That was the literature I grew up on. Now stop. Now stop. I still like the Karn one where he's like, oh, you know how we torture Karn? Because he's like in lovable, in emotional human be- or, uh, construct. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put him in a cage. A round ball cage. I'm going to spin him around because he's a giant golem. I'm going to put goblins in there because, like, the only thing he was told not to do is kill things. I'm going to let him smash goblins as I turn the cage to torment him. All I'm getting is, like, Game of Thrones references where they're talking about the... <laughs> the person who's mentally disabled smashing beetles. That's yeah, all they, I'm getting. The villain put him in a cage and then purposely spun it I fast know. enough. Sir, that's what we call finger painting. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no! How many goblins does it make? Does it need to... How many goblins of blood does it make to make a silver car and a red car? How many goblins of blood does it make to make? Yes, we are... We Heavy can... metal car. We Our grammar is terrible, which is why we put it out like this. That way you know that we're also human. Mm. But otherwise... Yes, I definitely understand. And speaking of going back and getting characters from books, story arcs, Turark, uh, Turok, Dread Cantor, one in a black, legendary creature, human cleric, has kicker, black, black, pro-white. Whenever an opponent discards a card, put a plus one counter on Turok. When he enters the battlefield, if he was kicked, target opponent discards two cards at random. 
I love the fact that they put a him to Turok on here. Now, I hate the fact that they underpowered him so much that I want to build him, but I don't think he'll be that good. Um, well, you already have your Turgrid deck. Sir, we do not speak of this deck. Um, you already have your Turgrid deck. So, uh, I don't, um, you want to make bad Turgrid? You want a 99 card in Turgrid? I'm very confused. Turgrid's confused as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think this card is made for modern and not for EDH. 100%. So, I think it's going to be helpful in those human builds, possibly. And especially because the human tribe already has good support. Run it as an ability to get rid of something in your hands. You can run an in-john builds as well. If you need to, for a late game to disrupt hands, four mana, get a 2-1 body isn't the best, but whenever you're having it come into play, it becomes a 3-4, or a 4-3 body, because it's a 2-1 for, for the four mana. Because when you kick it, the enters, and then they discard. Well, it does have protection from white, which is the best removal color in EDH. Um... I think the main thing about this card is this is a CDH combo card. This card is, I'm going to have infinite black mana, and I'm going to return it to my hand, make everyone discard their hand at random. It's not multi-kicker. No, no, no. I'm saying you, you play it with kicker, and you bounce it back to your hand, play it with kicker, bounce it back to your hand, play it with kicker. Sure. I can see that part, but I thought you were thinking of it as multi-kicker. I was like, mm -hmm. well, you couldn't multi-kick that. No, like, I think this could be a good CDH card just to stop uh, some combo decks because, you know, turn two, you play this with its kicker cost and you deal with the mono blue deck that's only got, I don't know, three cards left and you get rid of two cards of their combo. That's the only thing I think this is uh, good for other than her, uh, modern. All right. Well, I can see that. I see it being useful in some on decks and i can see it being played in some modern decks i'm not the modern aficionado haven't played modern for years but being able to have the ability of it has human tacked onto it so it can go into human builds seems decent yeah might not be as blow out of the water but seems okay the next one i have on my list that i can see over here is av ave ave Are we can call that ave or av I want to be like Aloe Vera, but I can't make it Vera. Mm. But Ave Progenitor Ooze. Two green, green, green. Legendary Creature Ooze. Storm. Ave Progenitor Ooze isn't legendary if it's a token. Ave enters the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter for each, each other Ooze you control. Ooze Tribal, eat your heart out. I think we should call it Eevee. Eevee? Because you know what? There's so many different types There's of so Eevees. There's so many Eevees. <laughs> I might... I want this EV to be this special EV over here. So, not it has Storm, which is interesting that if you were to build this as a commander, Storm attached onto the body. Now, in somebody's terrible A6 deck, this seems funny. Just because I can make multiple tokens, have them come in that aren't legendary, being copies of something else. Oh, I'm just... Just thinking Harvest again, doubling season this, and just... Oh. So fun. But not only that, I mean, Ooze... Ooze Tribal is good. Ooze Tribal sounds fun. And those people that have those little niches that needed something to... Needed a commander at the helm for it, sweet. This seems decent. Not only if you casted it with only one storm on top of it. Not bad. Yeah. 
a uh, comes in as a three three with a two two with it. It was a bad. I think it's cool as a storm commander, like no. or as a as a commander in general. Like I think this is a cool a uh, brain, a cool play space for mono green. It doesn't seem like it's over oppressive. It doesn't seem like it's going to win the game outright when you play it. It doesn't seem like you're going to get a crew tons of value as soon as you play it. It seems like hey. I'm making a large board state. I'm green. I'm going to attack you with a bunch of oozes next turn. Yeah. No, I think it's I think it's fun. I like when they are able to find some sort of niche commander that fits a tribe. Is there another commander that's coming up that might fit a certain tribe that you might know? Um, there's Gris the Hunger Tide is the one that I can think of, which is the uh, legendary planeswalker. Um, one black green and. Uh, if it isn't on the battlefield, it's a 1-1 insect creature in addition to its other types, which does mean that you can play it as a commander. I understand that that might have been a part of why they built it like this, but I think the main reason is because of actually modern. Because this plus one is create a 1-1 black-green insect uh, creature token, then mill a card. If an insect card was milled, so I'd put a loyalty counter on it. Well, and repeat this process. Well, that means if you have a grist on top of your deck in modern you mill that grist that counts as a 1-1 insect and then you get to repeat the process. So that's, I think, the main reason that it was made as a uh, insect in addition to its other types. Um, it's minus two. You may sacrifice a creature when you do destroy target creature or planeswalker. And it's minus five is each opponent loses life equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard. So I really want to... Part of me really wants to build this deck and just build a dredge like a good stuff green black dredge deck i have a good rock monster deck but the infinite combos of get rog seem like uh people are a lot more afraid of it also the new the alternate art of grist is uh really well ah so yeah i can see that like i th i like the fact that again we have more tribe options and that there might be people who are you know were Weevil fans when they were playing Yu-Gi-Oh! and decided that they want to have an insect deck in Magic. Oh my gosh, I need to buy a Weevil deck so I can have the tokens <laughs> from it from Yu-Gi-Oh! So you can have the insects. Uh, I think the next deck that we, or the next commander we should talk about is uh, Chata Fang, Squirrel General. You mean there's a Squirrel Tribal Commander? Oh man, we've been waiting for this for like 17 years. It's so weird that Wizards finally made one that was not silver-bordered. And that's not bad. It is. <laughs> it's two and a green squirrel warrior, which, I mean, why did you have to make another card from a geo deck? But all right. Uh, forest walk. If one or more tokens would be created under your control, those tokens plus that many one, one green squirrel creature tokens are created instead. Black sacrifice X squirrels. Target creature gets minus X or plus X minus X until end of turn. You're telling me that whenever I make a warrior in my geo deck, I make that many squirrel tokens as well. Oh! Assemble! Assemble the Legion! It's so good. Um, I'm really excited for this card for multiple reasons. The main reason is Squirrel Tribal Commander. They've been wanting for a while. Everyone like that likes squirrels has been looking for one. Uh, we got the mono green squirrel from Kalheim. Tolski. Tolski, yeah. Where whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. So this just that just fits in this deck. Um, just slubs right in. If yeah. you were making a Tolski deck and you wanted to make something that had a little bit more 
um, synergies and have other another color to make it better. Giving it black is superb. Yeah, this sacrifices the squirrel. Like it's a sacrifice outlet for your squirrels. Makes and your commander bigger. The only way this card could be better is if that black was blue. Mm, no. <laughs> no. And I'm only saying that because I want to make multiple copies of it. <laughs> That's the only reason. Uh, I think this card is actually pretty great. And I don't... I might actually make this instead of the insect guy. I think it would be fun. Because we have so many people around that love the squirrel tribe and having it in our local meta would be sweet for people to be like you know i want to build it but i don't might not have the funds or might not have speculated on cards in the past and just having that available is sweet i have pretty much like well i have the core of this deck already i would just need to get the squirrels and then the deck would be done so spend like 50 bucks and the deck's done for my collection so the next commander I want to point out is that if you have a squirrel deck, you know what I want to trample over? You know what I want to do? I want to use Thrasta, Tempest Roar. 10 green green for a legend creature dinosaur. This spell costs three, to, uh, three less to cast for each other spell that you've cast this turn. Trample Haste. Trample over Planeswalkers. Thrasta has Hexproof as long as it is entered the battlefield this turn. You know why this card is good, right? No, tell me why. This card is a 7-7, which means it takes three hits to kill someone. It has Trample and Haste and Hexproof the turn it comes in. And it tramples over Planeswalker. This is a Voltron Commander. I am so getting ready to give this Dino Swords. <laughs> so ready. Oh my gosh, why would you berserk me to death? Why would you ever do this? Uh, excuse me, what? <laughs> the no. fact that this commander is at the the pinnacle cost that you need in order to uh, kill someone in three turns in EDH, because that that seven seven is what seven or more is what you usually look for in a commander or a way to get up to that seven easily or that. If you're easily. if you're thinking about Voltron, because yeah. you were trying to think of how many times you have to hit three. Mm-hmm. And then you just your whole deck is revolved around either hitting that many times or uh, two times with swords and equipment and such. But the main thing that got me excited about this commander was that text trample over planeswalkers. Also, this art is by far one of the coolest dinosaur arts they have. Absolutely. Like, I love this art. And I can't wait to see an extended or if they have an alternate art variant. Where he's just like running over something and the thunder is just going across like a field. So excited. So, in your opinion, would you rather play this or Galta? Depends on the build. Because Galta is if you make a big enough board with big enough power to make it reduced. This can be something where you do like just efficient little creatures or efficient artifacts that you're going to give to him. Because if you make it Voltron casting these three four spells making it three less to cast then follow up with green green and it comes into play with haste fantastic so let's see so it costs three less for each one so if you played black blade forge i was just thinking like four mana dorks four mana dorks it comes in and two green and that's it that's it yeah or if you do three mana dorks it comes in for three it just it has the combination of all the effects you want on legendary 
creature that is your commander. It has the 7-7, seven, seven, it has the Trample, it has the Haste, it has the Hexbrood if it turns in, and the Trample over Planeswalker is the added bonus if there is a Planeswalker that's bugging you. Yeah, but the reason why it excites me, not only as like the individual commander, it excites me in the 99. Mm. Spells or decks that, like Animar that I have. Oh, man. <laughs> that's, no. your, that's your thinking of it. I refuse to accept <laughs> that you would put this in Animar. Mm, yes. <laughs> Morty. <laughs> uh, let me just put a free, uh, or, or two mana 7-7 seven, seven with haste and trample and uh, hexproof for the turn into play. Oh, oh, bummer. Oh, I'm gonna go and hit your face with it too? Mm-hmm. I'm surprised Galta's not in your deck, to be honest. It was for a long time, but... I just, I don't know. I I took it out. At least this has the added effect that big turn that you combo with like Animar and you play a bunch of creatures. It also reduces it too. Yeah. So that turn that you play a couple creatures free with Animar is the same turn that you can play this for basically free with Animar. And beat face. Yeah. Is absurd. Oh, it's so dumb. So good. Uh, I think also, I know that... You know, most decks aren't going to play this card, but this is 100% going in primetime decks, I think, as a sideboard card. Because as Trample, Haste, Ooh. and Hexproof. Trample, Haste, Hexproof, the turn it comes in. Yep. So, so you're going to play Cultivate, or your ramp pieces, and then you're like, ah, you know it would be awesome as if you took mm, five damage this turn. <laughs> and then the... Uh, you know, control player that you have to deal with if they didn't have counter magic up. Um, which you probably... They probably counter your spell for two mana and you only cast it for two mana. Uh, now means the other one in your hand is a uh, free game. Most likely. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> uh, so, our next card that I figure we should talk about is... Um, a card with a lot of controversy, actually. It is t- uh, t- Titania Protector of Argoth. And the reason this has a lot of controversy is already been printed in Commander. But now it's in Modern. Why? I don't know why it's in Modern now, but I do know that, like, the playfield this is, I think I want to put it in my uh, Valakut deck. Because that seems like a really good card in Valakut where you're like... I guess I'll sacrifice two fetch lands and make two five threes and get back a fetch land and make another five three and you'll be a control deck and I'll be sad and I'll attack you for 25 damage next turn. Cyborg part I can see in like scapeshift decks that need to have something that if they need to kill mm-hmm. right then there if somebody removes the Valakit piece possibly. Modern wise I don't see this being useful at all. I... I just don't see a play for it when it's five mana that you have to sack your resource. I think it's in, it will be in primetime decks and ramp decks and that's it. But I think it's a good enough sideboard card to actually be played in modern. That's where I disagree. I don't think so. Because it returns a fetch land. So it returns a fetch land for five mana, but why wouldn't you just have a better spell at five? Because when you return the fetch land, you use it again, you make another five, three, so you have two five threes, and then you shoot something for three. 
in sure. a Valakut deck. If, if you can do it, if Valakut isn't already destroyed. If by turn 5 you haven't really established dominance on the board by then? Well, it's not turn 5 if you're in a ramp deck. It's turn true. 3. True, true. Okay, you have me there, so that's fair. And the, I think the main reason that, to play this card in primetime decks is actually not to get its effect. Because like, if you get its effect, cool. It's actually to bait out the counterspell in the control player's hand. Um, and I think that this is just a good card in general to be in some uh, fringe decks as well. Some maybe tier 2 decks that just kind of need a good beater in their modern deck. Um, I, I don't know for sure, but I really like it as a commander. Okay. Well, I mean, I've seen a couple of monogreen decks based around this. I've played them in the past, and it was fine, but... I just feel like it was just another mythic that they decided to shove in that didn't have the feel or utility needed for modern. And I may be completely wrong. 10 damage on turn 3. I mean... 10, dam 10 power on board, not yeah, damage. Yeah, 10, 10 so damage got, on turn 3. You gotta establish that part, because yeah. there's things like Anger of the Gods that like, they could respond on turn 3 and kill if they are playing red. But you get back... Like it, I think it's a good... Mainly a good sideboard card for Valakut decks because it says return target land card. Right, so which if, could be the Valakut card or, yeah. or another utility land that maybe they destroyed early on. Yeah. I get that part. Um, maybe maybe you're doing like a mono green tempo with Nykthos or something like that. Yeah. And you need to return Nykthos because it destroyed it. Um, I think it could be very good in modern. I don't know for sure. I feel like modern has gotten to like a turn two, turn three format. So maybe in a, like against a control deck is good, but otherwise it might not be that great. Well, going from something green to something that's red, I want to talk about Ragavan the Nimble Pilferer. You want to talk about a monkey pirate? I want to talk about monkey pirate. That is so awesome. A one drop, two one, legendary monkey pirate. Whenever Ragavan deals combat damage to a player, create a treasure token and exile the top card of that player's library. Until end of turn, you may cast that card. Dash one in a red. What why, are your thoughts? Why would you make mono red stronger? I don't. I don't understand. I mean, like, I mean, I like monkey pirates, so I have a bias. I don't know what to do. I think this is sweet. I, I don't think it's overly oppressive. I think the one one mana two one is useful enough in modern. The downside being legendary, for modern part is what kind of stumbles me a little bit because most red decks want to be if they were the aggressive are doing the monastery swift spears the goblin guides mm -hmm. turns ones twos and then following up with like lightning bolts and things like that for additional damage in commander a one mana commander that when it deals damage create a treasure and exile the top card of their library until end of turn you may cast that now Red's been getting all these rummage effects, and Red's been also getting these, um, I don't know what, how would you consider it when you exile the top of the card of the deck, and until a turn, you get to play it. There's a term that we've created for this. Oh, uh, I forgot what it's called. It's based off a magic card, but it's, uh, hmm, impulse, yeah. I believe. Kind of like the impulse draws. You're saying that a one mana commander potentially can impulse and i could play your ramp pieces granted i have to have some sort of coloring fixing because it doesn't say you may cast any mana to cast that spell so i get that downside but it's all you make a treasure token that adds any mana 
but you make a treasure. That is sweet. I think this card could be good in EDH, but I on it or it could be okay. It can never be good, I don't think. It's a two one, and most of the time when you exile stuff from the top of people's libraries, they're lands. That's a that's three quarters of their deck or two or a quarter of their deck. Excuse me, sir. I play Holiday and Paco. I want to exile everybody's library. Yeah, but you get you get a benefit when you do that, no matter what. This doesn't get a benefit. Like it gets a single treasure token. I don't think it will be played in EDH pretty much at all. Challenge accepted. Okay. I think in modern though, it's like a decent include. Yeah, uh, dash one in red. You exile something from the top of the library. The person that just decided to brainstorm, leave something on top, draw their card. You know you're getting rid of something. But even in, like, I'm thinking of in EDH-wise, where we have these people who do the tutors and put it on top of their card, or top of the library, most of the time it's blue that has to mill that card, or blue-black, in order to get rid of it for that thing that they tutor. You just have a red red commander, or a card that goes in a commander, that you can dash to get rid of that. I... And on top of it, you just created a treasure. Boards are too big for me to believe that a 2-1's getting through. It's a monkey pirate, so there's got to be swords and loot in there. I understand. I just I feel that this is a modern card, not an EDH card. No matter how much I want a monkey pirate commander. <laughs> like, if we played 1v1 EDH like we used to, it would be super good in there, but we don't play that anymore. Um, so I, I believe it's just not that great of a card currently for our EDH meta or in general for EDH. Okay, well, I the reason why I say this is challenge accepted, because I'm seeing an interesting aspect of it, and I could be completely wrong, but I was told that Primal Surge wasn't a good card. Mm. It's not a good card. No, it just flips the Animar deck, because I built it that way. Yeah, it's not a good card, because you're talking about a mono-red card. Primal Surge is it's a good card, because it's a mono-green <laughs> card. it's a mono-green card. Did you say a mono-green card was bad? Mmm... How bad is it, though? Was it made in 2020? Mm. <laughs> no, it was just made in 2011, 2012. Mm. And how many good mono green cards came from that <laughs> year? I don't know, like four, five, and the next year, five, and the next year, no. five. Stop. <laughs> What's I, the next one? Uh, another mono red commander. Oh! <laughs> Brea's Apprentice. Well, wait, Brea's? What? Brea's Brea's four colors. What? What's going on? Uh, she... This is a two and a red artifact creature, human artificer. When Brea's apprentice enters the battlefield, create a one-one color stop their artifact creature token with flying. Tap, sacrifice an artifact, choose one. Exile the top card of your library until on the turn you may cast that card, or you may play that card. Or target creature gets plus two plus oh until on the turn. Huh? I mean Huh? I get I guess it's some like it's just like Ragavan for me. Like it's maybe modern playable. Uh it's too much. It doesn't do enough for mono red, in my opinion. It's not as exciting or fulfilling as you want it to be. Like I don't even think I'd put this in the ninety nine for Osgear. Right, but you want to know something that is satisfying for certain people, certain archetypes of people. You're gonna say some stupid merfolk, aren't you? I might say a stupid merfolk. Oh god! Like Savalun of Sea and Sky. Oh. It's a merfolk god. There's a god merfolk. All right, I'm done. I'm going home. Thank you for listening to... <laughs> <laughs> so, it is one blue-blue legendary creature, Morpho God.
when so I, I I'm botching the pronunciation. If you control two or other merfolks, god of the sea and sky has indestructible. When it attacks, draw a card. Other merfolk you control have ward one. Hey, look, we're trying to make merfolk work in modern. And it's a three-four body. If you were to tell me that in today's standards, three mana, three-four, that it attacks, draws a card, gives it protection, and it can have indestructible. I think this is a three of an all Merfolk decks, to be honest. Yeah, this seems sweet. Um, also, it has Ward 1. Or, other Merfolk you control have Ward 1. So that means that the Lord of Alliances, they can't deal with them until, really, they deal with her. And it's whenever it attacks, it's not when it deals combat damage. Right, attacks. Right. Yeah. So, it also... If you control two other remote folks, it has indestructible. So basically, it's just saying to you, hey, we're not trying to make goblins tier one, even though we kind of did, but almost like it was right on the verge of tier one. So I guess it's folks' turn to make it almost tier one. So, and the reason why I, I look at this card, I think, I remember playing folks back in the day where you had to play Cure the Glass Spinner just to be able to give yourself protection. This does that and more. Maybe in a different way but it does way more to me in my opinion your four force of negations your four other counter spells and then your 14 or so mert folk including this one it and it's probably gonna be swinging in for five because you're multiple copies of lord of the Lances. Five, six, whatever it might be it's gonna be you know you're gonna have your chalice on three and put it in for free um seems okay it, it seems like okay. Merfolk will be at least high tier two. Now, but, what about Commander? I don't. Uh, I don't think you could build a Commander deck around it. Because if you played all the Changelings and all the clone effects, maybe possibly. But in other decks, where you're able to give it into like a Sig River Cutthroat deck, that seems sweet. Yeah, I think. Yeah, this is just a modern card, and if you want to make janky mono blue merfolk for DH, can. Uh, but honestly, I think there's better choices if you want to make mono blue merfolk. Yeah, this goes definitely in the ninety nine of that deck. Absolutely. But I think like Thassa's or Thassa, God of the Sea, or uh, maybe a Blink Commander with the second the second Thassa. Forgot what her name is. The newest one where you can blink at the end of turn. I think those two would be better Merfolk commanders because of their effects. Okay. So what's the next commander that we have on our list? Actually, uh, that is, I think, all of them, to be honest. Did I tidy it up? I think you tidied up pretty well, sir. I think the only thing we have to talk about are the next, these uh, two cards, Actually, which are... There, we have to make an edit here because there is a dragon that we don't want to talk about that is Mardu. Oh, you mean the one of the two cards that I mentioned? <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll we'll go to uh that Sorry. continue on i didn't know that was part of the one or two cards I it's all good uh we're gonna be piru the volatile Vol- uh, he is a flying life lake seven seven for seven with two two red two white two black oh sorry seven seven for eight add legendary creature or the elder dragon stuck in my head Flying lifelink at the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice it unless you pay uh, Jund, and then or not Jund, Jund uh, Mardu. Mardu, and then when 
It dies. Deal 7 damage to each non-legendary creature. <laughs> so. Uh, so I heard you like damage. I heard you like to be in the world of pain. I heard you like putting death touch on your commanders. Um, I heard you like fryeracy. I heard that you uh, said that uh, Marty Commanders aren't good, so uh, what we're going to do is we're going to overcost it for its effect. I mean, it's still a 7 7 flyer, so, like, your Voltron esque is going to happen. It has kind of a control effect, it has lifelink. I just think, honestly, that if you're going to play Mardu, you're going to yeah, play anyone else. So, I agree. I think there's other options that just makes better commander decks. Modern, not even see in play. This is this was made for people who play commander. Or people who want something for an internal format. So, the thing I like about this was that text, Elder Dragon. It is the same, same uh, formula that you, they use for Chromium, the old school Elder Dragons, that made me get into EDH when I started. And for somebody like me who has the Ur Dragon deck that is the Elder Dragon theme, this excites me because I want them to continue out the wedges. Now, what else do I like? I like the fact that I can put Taralf and I can fling this damage over onto something mm, else into faces. Ow. My knees hurt. My knees are disgusted. I. Fiery Empath? I think this card is a good 99 for Kalia and a couple other dragon-themed decks. Absolutely. But otherwise, as a commander, it just falls short. Yeah. Like, eight now, mana for your commander. All right, one path, it's gone. You have yeah. to pay 10 now. Yeah, 12. You, you only, you're you only playing your... Like, even low-costing commanders, you need to play those multiple times in the game. Like, Thrasios, for example, yeah. has a big hate on its... Uh, face so you at the same time Thrasios is Simic that has an amazing ability so yeah you don't have the ramp that you need mm -hmm. you don't have the protection really that you need like are you gonna waste it are you gonna spend eight mana on this and keep up three mana for Teferi's protection no right no I agree it, it's rough but at the same time I'm in excited. the 99 for decks I think it does well especially yeah. the decks that synergize like your Kali or your uh, Ur Dragon deck where you have Kalia and stuff like that which is already in there, but yeah. Uh, I think the card that the final card we should talk about is called Nettle Cyst. It is a three mana living weapon equipment. Equip creature gets plus one plus one for each artifact and or enchantment you control. Equip is two. Just thinking Osgear, Vigilance. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Mm -mm -mm. I don't like your thought. <laughs> I don't like where you're going. It's like, oh, it's a 4-4. Four, four. Oh, no, it is a 8-8 uh, with just these two in play. Mm. Not including any lands. No. No? Nope. I think it's fine, though. No, it's it's an interesting card, and I think there's going to be certain decks that are going to definitely appreciate it, the new tool that they get to have. Also, also it has living weapons, so when it comes in, it's basically a 3-mana 1-1. One, one. But in like Oscar decks or other artifact themes decks, it's like a five five or a six six. But what about the focus that it was printed for for modern as a modern card? I think this is a card that is trying to do the uh, batter school effect, but falls short. Yeah. yeah, 
Batter School has different effects. This, if, uh, tr not Tron, but if, um, oh, what is it called? For Affinity before, it got kind of crippled by taking out one of its main mana ramps. Wizards tends to do this. They'll, like, build a card. Well, no, what happens, I think, is that the developers build a card for a deck, and they're like, yeah, let's get this card out. That deck's gonna be sweet in a couple years. Can't wait. And then, like, higher-ups and Wizards is like, you know, it'd be such a shame if you didn't have legs no more. Oh, well, uh, what was Infinity again? Oh, I can't remember, because we banned it to death. Ah, that Tier 5 deck. I remember. Oh, back, from, in, back in my day. Back in my day, we played Infinity for keeps. Mm. Gotta rip it or flip it. So, those were our cards that we have seen so far in Modern Horizons that Really have Connor I mainly as legendary creatures for commander players, and we were also wanting to talk about for modern play as well. Now, we kind of want to introduce something else. What is a card or some sort of cards that you have kind of speculations and ideas on that you think people should be paying attention to? So my my main go to spec this week. I have I have a couple ideas, but I think the one that people should uh, invest in if they're commander players is oversimplify from Strixhaven commander product. And the reason for that is it is a sorcery for three green blue and it says exile all creatures, exile all creatures. Each player creates a zero green, zero zero green and blue fractal creature token and puts the number of plus one plus one counters on it equal to the power of all creatures they controlled this way that were exiled. So green blue mass exile. It is a green-blue exiled boar wipe. Um, and most of the time, you're playing green-blue. Like, if you're playing green-blue, you don't care that you exiled your own stuff because you're not playing it when you're winning the game. Right. And it's, you know... I feel like this is a Cyclonic Rift effect, and it's going to be in... It's not going to be in as many decks because Cyclonic Rift is mono-blue, but... And instant speed. Let's and instant you. speed. But... This is green blue, and green doesn't really have any board wipes, and blue's board wipes are bounce spells. So this, I think, you should get the extended art version. Um, I think it's only like four bucks right now, and you should just what's get the, a few copies for your deck. What's the normal price right now? Uh, the normal price for uh, a non-extended art version is two fifty. So two dollars and fifty cents mm -hmm. you have in your Simic deck or Simic X decks, you know, whatever you're building, an option to exile and create a creature. Granted, everybody gets to create a creature for how many creatures they had get exiled. So if you're losing, you just reset, everybody has one. Not bad. Also, like, just think of all the aristocrat decks. You exile them. They didn't die. Exactly. They're gone forever. They're not recurring them. No, I, I agree. I definitely like this, and this is one of those cards that, as soon as I saw... I went and got a playset for myself. And I agree. It's one of those things that I I saw Mass Exile, and after some a card like um, Anthem Buccaneer or Mutineer, it made me go, what? There's Exile in blue now? Oh man, this, this card, I think, the main reason that I need to get a few copies, like, this spec isn't for everyone, but I feel like it's for commander players specific. Well, it's definitely for commander players specifically, in but who play those colors? Not even for people who play those colors, because like 
if you play three color deck that has green blue, you're probably playing this. If you, that means that it's in their colors. I I guess that's fair. Yeah, I'm just thinking like buy four copies for your decks. I mean, throw ten bucks aside so that you can have your four four pretty much of the best board wipes now before they go up to ten dollars. Because it's gonna, I feel like this is gonna be a blasphemous act effect. It's a good reset. I like it. Now, if they made this instant speed, one hundred percent ten dollar card. Oh yeah, instant speed. That I would still have four copies. Well, with how many Vildokan Ori's you have, it is instant speed. We don't speak of these things. <laughs> <laughs> so, my, I wouldn't call it spec, but something I would want you to keep an eye out on is ranger captain of eos so is this before or after the modern horizon 2 reprint in old border this is because of a card that's actually being printed in the set and it's something that i don't think people are paying as much attention to but esper sentinel is a potential white ristic study ranger captain of eos picks it up i've already noticed that it's gone up five to six percent this week alone as far as just overall flux. But because there's going to be even more printings, if you like a certain one and you want to keep an eye out on it, or if you want to pre-order one now, now would be a good time. It goes in your Oscar tech. It goes into white decks that have possible pump effects for the Esper Sentinel part, but Ranger Captain of Eos can pick up those utility creatures. And it's one of those that I don't have one myself, and I'm going to be buying one just because I don't want to have to pay an extra 5 to $10 later. So are you going to buy it now or are you waiting for the set to come out for the old border version? I'm going to be buying it now. Okay. The old borders versions don't tickle my fancy as well as other people, but... It depends on the art primarily for me. It really does. But knowing that... I've already seen the influx, and I see cards that it can synergize with already in the in its own set that it's being reprinted in. Makes me want to pick up at least one or two, but it's something that if you've debated on for your decks, I kind of think that it would be a good choice. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Uh, I'm just excited for uh, this set in general. I think uh, me and you have come to the conclusion that what we should do is we should... At most, maybe buy set boosters and then buy the singles we want. Usually the best game plan for you is to buy singles, but we have uh, Crack Addiction. <laughs> just get just some of that cardboard directly into my veins. I mean, the cardboard crack part of it is definitely the aspect of it. I like cracking packs, but I also like having drafts. That's been my big thing. But with this set, I want to draft it, which is why I'm buying at least a box. Yeah, I definitely want a sealed of this, which would be fun. Um, I think the only other card that I would talk about is this uh, Galvanic Relay card. It's two in a red. Just a real top-off at the end of this is uh, two in a red, sorcery. Excel the top card of your library. During your next turn, you may play that card. And it has Storm. Hmm... So, you know that Blue Red coin flipping deck you were talking about? I know. Oh mm. my gosh. Mm. It'd be such a shame if next turn you were able to cast, I don't know, top 15 cards of your deck. Seems okay. <laughs> I like it. If you would like to find us, uh, we can be found at the Forge MTG on Facebook or Patreon, and we are also on all the uh, 
podcast platforms that you can find us on, which is Spotify and iTunes Music. So if you want to listen to us some more and you like the sound of our voices or you like to hear us mess up when we talk, please go ahead and listen to us then. Until next time. I'm Ken. And I'm Wilson. Have a good one. Until we meet again.